Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. This week we have three shows to talk about. We have A German Life starring Maggie Smith. We have Dame Maggie Smith, thank you very much. Not when she's in the theatre. Oh. She doesn't use her damehood. Oh, sorry. For professional reasons, Alice. We also have The Man of La Mancha, which is on at the ENO starring Kelsey Grammer from Fraser and opera singer Danielle Denise. And we have This Is My Family, which is the new musical by Tim Firth, which is playing down at the Chichester Festival Theatre. And because we're going to the Chichester Festival Theatre, of course, this is a Chichester Festival Theatre special edition, which means it includes special guest host, our mother, Catherine. Oh, how exciting for everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, this week it's... We're at home. And we're at home we're in at the family base. home. We're at the base. Back at base. Last, last it's time... almost like this is my family. Yeah! <laughs> last Did... time we were all together, what was the last Chichester one we would have done? Was it that Jane austen one? The Watsons? No, the Watsons. we didn't do a podcast for the Watsons, so I think it was probably oh, when we shame. went to see Me and My Girl. Me and my girl, meant for each other. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, that was so much fun. With so Mr let's... Pigeon. Oh yeah, the Ryan act- Pigeon. Ryan Pigeon. The person who sat next to me in the theatre last night, she saw the very same performance of that because... When Ryan Pigeon went on as the understudy. Yes. And we talked about it and how good he was and how it didn't matter that the star turn, Matt Lucas, wasn't on it. Yeah, it was quite Mm. nice that I just randomly met somebody. Later in the podcast, he was in Man of La Mancha. Oh, yeah, it's so all it's all come, come full circle, exactly. What did you call him on the podcast, Mum? Well, you couldn't remember his Stool name? Pigeon. Stool Pigeon. Stool <laughs> <laughs> Pigeon. He was, so he was um, excellent. <laughs> let's start with your top tip first, Alice. My top tip is the musical The Prince of Egypt. Mm, I saw this. Oh, I wasn't sure if you'd have seen it or not. Yeah, and I saw it on the internet. So excited about this, are you? Yeah. Mum, do you know what it is? No, no, not a clue. So it's a, it was an animation film, a musical yeah. made by DreamWorks. DreamWorks, not Disney. I thought it might have been Disney. No. And it had some sort of big songs in it that people really loved. One of which was When You Believe, which was sung by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Do you not remember many a car argument? So Alice had the single of this When You Believe by Whitney and Mariah. And we both had our dismans, and I was always desperate to listen to it. But like, <laughs> please, can I listen to When You Believe? So we just had the one CD that would go back Wouldn't and forth. Wouldn't it be marvellous if they invented a car with a CD player in it? As oh, if you would let us play Mariah Carey in your car. <laughs> over and over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did the CD look like? Did it have Prince of It was of black. Egypt? No, it was just a black CD with the two of them on the front of it in the recording studio, I want to say, maybe, or something. God, you've got such a good memory, Ask. It yeah, was... I was obsessed with that song. I really and, loved it. And Belinda Carlisle. Oh, Promises. Yeah, we also had that on repeat quite quite heavily. The musical is based on this animation film. It's set in ancient Egypt and it's about two brothers. I have actually. You're going to tell us the story of Moses now. (laughs) I've actually never. So basically, what happens, (laughs) Mum, is this baby and it's put in a basket. Jesus. I've never seen the film. (laughs) Yeah, but you must know the story of Moses roughly. Is that what it is? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. And the bulrushes. No, but I didn't know that Oh, have Prince you never actually watched the cartoon? No. Oh, you just heard the music. Oh, well, the cartoon's the story of Moses. Oh, well, that's not what I... I've. My notes say that it's them two brothers... No, when Mariah and Whitney said there can be miracles when you believe, I mean, they were talking literally. <laughs> they were talking parting of the Red Sea. I thought it was about two brothers and they're not actually... They're, they're raised to be brought up and then there's a secret. Well, yeah, but I think the secret is like one of them is Moses. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Sorry, so it's basically that. But the music was written by Stephen Schwartz, who did um, Wicked and Godspell, and he has added, I think, like ten new songs to this stage production. He's added ten new songs, and then there are five of the acclaimed songs from the um, original film. Yeah. And the choreography is by Sean Cheeseman. Oh, I know Sean Cheeseman from yeah. um, he's on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah, that's why lot. I was excited to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really good, I think. So yes, it's directed by um, Scott Schwartz, who did Wicked, so that's really exciting. Yeah, of course, the same team back together. Yeah. So um, it's at the Dominion Theatre, which we've, oh, um, yeah. which is where we went to see American in Paris. Yes. We also went and saw the amazing... <laughs> well, it wasn't that big. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Bodyguard. bodyguard the Whitney Houston musical. Yeah. But we went and saw the Bodyguard, though, and we, we... Do you remember when we were sitting up? We were quite up high. And we were, It's such an open theatre. We were saying you could actually get a seat here quite high up, and it's so open and wide. Yeah. You can get a, quite a good... Yeah, it's one of those old... Wasn't it originally built maybe as a massive cinema? So it's just one yes. big balcony. I remember going to it when it was a cinema. So the Prince of Egypt goes on sale uh, on Monday the 3rd of June at 10am. Be ready. Diarise everybody, diarise. Cool. So let's move on to our Chichester Festival Theatre production which is This Is My Family which is as we mentioned by Tim Firth who did um, the Calendar Girls musical. Didn't see it. It was called The Girls um, that he did with Gary Barlow and then he did The Band which I did see which was the Take That musical. Yes. Which I didn't massively enjoy. I kind of enjoyed, but it was, you know, a bit cheesy and then um, mm. didn't quite have a, you know, proper story, I didn't think. Whereas this, so this, Mum, why don't you tell us, why don't you explain a little bit about what This Is My Family, well, you, the basic premise? The basic premise is you've got a normal, a very normal, quite mundane, boring family, the teenage goth emo type boy of 17. A 13-year-old who is brilliant. She holds a whole thing together because she's just got the right balance of of joy and normality who tells the story of her family. She's won a competition to take them on a holiday. There's a grandma who's falling into dementia, brilliantly played by Sheila Hancock. It's interspersed, a bit like London Fields is, uh, London Road was, um, with sort of very normal things like where's where mach- your shirts are in the washing machine and tell your dad you know just the sort of things that families the, the chunter that people just mm. talk about the term musical if you're thinking of big numbers musical, and dancing yes it's not that this is more similar so, to um, maybe fun home or oh fun home had a few songs but it's that sort of Sung through. Yeah, or like London Road, like you just mentioned, the National Theatre production, although that was taken from actual verbatim dialogue, this isn't, but it sounds like it could have been taken from real-life family. So people kind of interrupt the structure of the song to say, like you said, oh, you know, put the washing on, or it sounds conversational rather than chorus, verse, chorus, you know. Yeah, so they're in and out of singing and not singing. I I very much liked it. It's It's a new art form I particularly yeah. like and the girl again the young daughter who goes what's so she, she was um played by Kirsty McLaren she was marvelous she had a beautiful voice and she just had a lovely temperament because the mum in the first half who's brilliant Claire Burke Claire Burke who we saw in Flowers for Mrs Harris which again was a very similar style of talky singing thing and we mm. saw her in An American Clock at the young old so she's a marvelous actress and everything but the character of this sort of harassed fed up, overworked mum, if you like, is quite hard to cope with in the first act for me. I just think, well, you drive the bloody car, stop criticising your husband, stop getting at the kids all the time, go and get yourself a ruddy job. So I'm I'm sort of feeling like, 
she redeems that all in the second half. So it's you begin to like you like the character much more at the end. Yeah, and you're much more sympathetic. And James Nesbitt as her husband is just like made for the part. He's wonderful as mm. uh, put upon, but well, you know he he he's and and sitting in that cold bath. Bloody hell, that should yeah. get some sort of award. Oh, yeah. At some point he has to sit in a jacuzzi bath he's made. So it there's been lots warm, and lots of... Yeah, it could have been warm. There's lots and lots of laughs in it. Yeah, the audience were really laughing a lot because, like you said, it's that sort of everyday... People recognise a lot of those sorts Yes, of we all recognise this family disputes and why people always do the same irritating thing. And I like James Nesbitt's song about his son when he sort of interprets all of the noises and grunts and sort of exasperated things that the son does and he goes that's me that means i love you yeah. yes that's right or the bit where he's sort of talking about his i really like that line where he's talking about how good he was at his job and no one else because he's oh, yeah. his sister-in-law's boyfriend who's mate you know feels a bit threatened by and so he's saying you know i'm i'm the best person at doing statistical analysis and data <laughs> reconfiguration and only i can do it apart from gary who's also doing the same job <laughs> as me but in the offices in slough croydon <laughs> croydon <laughs> so it's that sort of yeah, yes. I thought that's when that kind of um, talky, singy, you know, verbatim-y sounding music works really well. We really like it, I, we, but I know some people find it annoying because they're like, oh, it's not rhyming. But or... I used to find it annoying, and I do find it annoying in things where they're almost trying to do songs, but they're not. This isn't trying to. I'd song. much rather listen to this than some musical where they haven't, they've tried to write a song and they've just not done it very well. This is, it's trying to do its own different thing. And you just have to, you know, when it started, I didn't know that's what it was going to be. And then as soon as I did, I thought, right, that's what this is now. So I'm yes. not waiting to be like, well, when's the big end of act song coming that's going to be, you and know, yes, that there will isn't, not happen. There isn't the big torch song or the big happy number. It's all just little piecemeal. How it, how life is, you're constantly being interrupted. People are constantly mm. interjecting in your thoughts or talking over you or whatever. Yeah. This is a family. That's exactly how it works. And although the ending is a very feel-good ending, it and it could be a bit... I think he saves it from being ch- cheesy and schmaltzy at the end, but it, you, you're left feeling good yeah. about everybody. Yeah, it ties and, up nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's been having... We should mention it's having... Amazing reviews. Amazing reviews. Guardian five stars. Yes, I, I must read some. Because mm. uh, they had... Yes, I think it was reviewed I'd like yesterday. to read them because I don't I don't know if I would give it five stars. I really enjoyed it, but I'm a little bit surprised that it's got so many five-star reviews because I feel like I'd go Flowers for Mrs. Harris, for example, got good reviews, but not five stars... That is literally what I was going to say. ...across the board, whereas... Flowers for Mrs. Harris work was much more emotionally impactful I've than this. St- I still think about that musical like all the time. I yes. really hope it comes back. I, she was a standout performance in that for me. What's yes, her she was wonderful, Clever. and it really had some highs and some lows. Oh, it's the cool. low it was, was so low, and the high this was so high. This didn't have anything that had a big emotional punch, but I guess that's not what they were going for. Like you said, this is about a normal family, and if you'd tried to add a huge big. But maybe I thought with the grandma going into dementia, if they just had a moment that hit on that a bit harder, maybe to give you a bit more of an emotional like, wow, this is what this, you know, this this is going to be a huge thing for this family to deal with, really. But maybe that's not what they were going for. They and were I going for you just get on with it. Also, in a way, having we've just had this in our family, uh, I think really you the slip into. Um, Dementia. I think she, Sheila Hancock sings about something like a fairground tattoo being peeled away or something. It's a bit like it just people just slowly fade. Slowly, yeah, mm. yeah. I think she was talking about forgetting names, but in fact, the journey into dementia is kind of slow, mm. isn't it? You, you, yeah. Every time you see 
um, someone you think oh gosh were they forgetting more was she a bit weird today so I thought that was kind of good rather than that big moment yeah life-changing moment which doesn't you know happen I mean, like there that just wasn't a kind of there wasn't a line from anyone where it really sort of there wasn't not for me anyway there wasn't an emotional like flowers for Mrs Harris when we all basically cried but I just thought the whole thing was really well observed and I think it would really this show would really appeal to a family outing mm. Because everyone can find something funny. Everybody would, you know, everybody recognises something. Fathers yeah. would enjoy this. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would enjoy yeah, this. All... So it would be a great show to see at Christmas yeah. or if it she came really, up to um, London. I think it holds the mirror up to nature. I think Shakespeare mm-hmm. might yeah. have got there before us. So it's sold out. Yeah, the whole run sold oh. out. Yeah. Oh, so. Well, it's the Minerva, so it's quite small, and Chichester people do just book to see things. And, and... Sheila, Can- Sheila Hancock is a big name, especially. And James Nesbitt. Yeah. And Claire yes. Bird, really, I, I think. I just love after. seeing her. I feel it's a real privilege to see her. She's, I've known, I've been listening to Sheila Hancock since I was little on mm. Just a Minute and things. So she's always sort of been, you know, one of those characters on radio and yeah. telly and things. And, and she so... is brilliant. I mean, she doesn't yeah. even need to be so talked frail, about. Like she looks so just so good. She yes. Does. She's lovely to watch. Yes, yeah. She just really does it so yeah. well. You just think, oh, please, somebody look after her. And then you think, no, she's acting. But yeah, it's sold out, so you can't see it. But, you know, just, you know, Chitster's great, so you've just got a book if you need to go, like we do. Mm-hmm. Just plan a visit down. Book Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma is our next one coming up. And if you're lucky, Mummy might be back on the podcast. Oh! <laughs> I'm just yeah. a girl who can't say no. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look at the reaction to this, and if you're... If the opinions of that are that you're, oh yeah, can everybody like me? Then we'll get you back. <laughs> yes. So let's move on to a show that Alice and I saw earlier this week, which was A German Life, which is another show that is completely sold out. <laughs> so this is the um, show that's on at the Bridge Theatre, um, and it's a new play by Christopher Hampton, and it stars Maggie Smith, um, and it's directed by Jonathan Kent. <gasps> Um, who we love. He did Gypsy in the West End with Imelda yeah, Staunton recently. We just I saw that like four times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this play is based on a real-life interview. It was a documentary that um, Austrian filmmakers did with a real-life woman who worked for the Nazis, basically, who obviously grew up in Germany in the 1930s, became a secretary, was really good at shorthand, and ended up working in the Ministry for Film. Propaganda. Ministry for Film first, and then when the war broke out, she carried on there until she was transferred, you know, against her. They just said, you're moving over to the propaganda propaganda ministry, where she ended up working for Goebbels, or one of Goebbels' assistants. So she was in that office, basically. And she hadn't talked about any of this um, until recently. And so this play is just Maggie Smith on a stage for an hour and 40 minutes, and she tells the story of her of her life, really, starting in the 1930s and building up to the war, obviously. Mm. And it is a brilliant performance, isn't it? Yes, it's it's wonderful. Obviously, she is amazing. She's Maggie Smith. Mm. But I was saying afterwards, if I, I hate to say anything negative about her, but I was just saying to yours and I that I felt like I kind of... You know, her, her as an actress and as a person, she is quite... like Mellow's not the right word, is it? But she's not an intense person, I don't th- mm. feel. Like, in her performance, it wasn't... It was all kind of one tone. There was no real... It didn't rise to anything. There was no dramatic moment or... Yeah, I guess what they... She was very gentle. The whole thing was very gentle. And I was saying to Oscar, if it had been maybe another actress, Mm. they might have chosen some moments to get frustrated or... But they're probably trying to faithfully reenact almost 
how the interview was conducted and it probably yes. was her sat at the table telling it whereas perhaps on stage if they'd had a few moments where she had got a bit more intense and focused you in yes on something it was very much the whole interview well, yes and even when it got to seriously bits she kind of would forget and then you know I guess as people do but maybe for the stage there could have been some more focused and intense moments what to, what to, pull to sort you of into. direct the audience almost into what yeah. really, just really you are listening to somebody to. you are listening to somebody talk for an hour and 40 minutes and it just felt very gentle it just felt like we sat there with a cup of tea but when you are literally watching one person on a black stage in quite a large theater it would have a bit more sort of drama perhaps yes. would have been nice in it there was a bit of the staging did focus you in the lighting and the staging she became more central as the piece went on that was so clever um, yeah, if the whole set basically very, very, very slowly vanishes into the it all the, the back walls pulled apart and the stage slid forward. So by the end, it's just her in the middle oh, of the theatre. You, you didn't notice for I didn't for notice until 40... the Oscar said, "Wasn't that clever?" And I went, "What do you mean?" He went, "Well, she's at the front now." And I oh, it took about forty clever. minutes for you to notice she had moved at all. Gosh, she had moved about five meters in an that hour. That sounds so like that... my ideal fairground ride. This would be a great production to be filmed and screen live to cinema. Because mm, you could really get Almost close better. ups and. Ah. So this is also sold out because it's sold out. But I was just about to say, yeah, you can still get tickets because today's ticket, uh, today's ticks, the app, of course, are doing fifteen pound day seat, not day seats, a lottery. So you can enter a lottery every day and win a fifteen pound ticket, or you can go to the Bridge Theatre for day seats at ten a.m which are £15 as well, but they are subject to availability. Oh, I'm um, going to try and do this. I'd it's like one them. ticket per person. That's OK. You can't, yes, you can't go and buy for anyone else, and it's subject to availability. But, of course, because it's a sold-out show, people know they can return their tickets. So if people can't make it, the woman next to me at the box office, for example, was returning tickets. Um, so, obviously, oh. they will become, they could be available. I was there, when we got to the theatre, and there was a, a returns queue, people yes. queuing up for a returns ticket, and a lot of people were yeah. in that queue. So someone could have got this woman's tickets, yes. you know. So people... I'm saying you're going to have to get there early. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's a morning day seats if they've got them, or an evening returns queue just before the performance. We get there at, like, 5.36. And it is worth seeing, of course, to see Maggie Smith on Definitely. the stage telling this amazing story. Yes, I would love She's to She's a legendary see actress. And Jonathan Kent's and such Jonathan a good Kent, Yes, everything about it. And I like the theatre as well, so yeah. tick, tick, tick. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, oh, you just said about live screening. Just want to say the Small Island is going to be live screened at the end of June, 27th of June. Oh, that's a National Theatre production. National Theatre production. Oh, yes. So for people who live out of London, mm-hmm. like me, um, it's a fantastic chance to see it because I'd love to, to go and see it. This is a play that's getting excellent reviews, isn't it? Mm, yeah, Based really on that Andrea Levy book. And be- as Andrea Levy and just died, <laughs> um, you know, she's very much in people's thoughts and everything. Mm. So, yes... It, Okay, let's move on to the last show, which I went to see. Al, you can come see it with me, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Which was Man of La Mancha, which is on at the ENO. And this is um, a production by the same team who did, um, Lonnie Price, the director, did the Sweeney Todd that was at the ENO. Um, and, well, the one to be seen. Oh, that see. was marvellous. What was the Glenn Close one? Why am I brain going oh, dead? Oh, Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Darling. And so this is Man of La Mancha, which is... Um, a musical from 1960s. It's not particularly well remembered here. It's been revived a couple of times, four times on Broadway, I think. But here it's not that well remembered other than for the song 
The Impossible Dream. Which is it is a Don Quixote type? Yes, a Don oh, Quixote right. story. Um, but it was actually I up against donkeys. Sweet Charity and MAME for the Tony Award that year, and it won. So it's one of those things that you look back on and you'd think, that if was that a... was a multiple choice, which won the best musical, you'd probably go... Sweet Charity. Sweet Charity or MAME, which was a huge oh, hit. Oh, i say was... <laughs> <laughs> So this new production stars Kelsey Grammer and Danielle Denise, who is a famous opera singer and musical theatre actress. She does, well, she does everything. So two big names. And Nicholas Lyndhurst in a smaller part... Um, so yeah, it's very big names, big production at the ENO. And like I said, it's the story of Don Quixote, but it's set in the framing basically is during the Spanish Inquisition, they're in a prison and the sort of author, I guess, of Don Quixote is in this prison and the prisoners sort of say, you have to do a trial. We'll decide if you're guilty or not guilty of your crimes. And so he tells the story of Don Quixote. So it's a show within a show that sort of actors putting mm-hmm. on a show and he says you know all the prisoners you'll all be part of my story in this version they've done it modern the, the prison they're in is like a sort of everyone's in modern dress oh in the original it's spanish inquisition yeah so in this it's this sort of modern what kind of future are we in here where there's this inquisitiony thing don't know if that works or not because maybe if it was actually spanish inquisition you've got a proper setting for knowing what the horrors of that were and what they're facing, whereas this, it's this kind of imagined future, perhaps. But it's a few, it is the world for a lot of people. That's true, because and it At could the have moment, been um, particularly there is. You yes, know, it could have yeah. been anywhere. They didn't specifically make it look particularly Spanish. It could have been anywhere, any war zone, conflict area. Yes, where these things, I guess, are going on. Yes, that's not. That's not. So. Yeah, and so he tells the story of Don Quixote, which I'm sure people know. Who's this dreamer, madman? His family seem to think. Um, Tilting at windmills. Tilting at windmills, exactly. <laughs> um, and the music—I'll start with the music because I loved the music in it. And obviously, mm. you get the ENO orchestra, which is—I don't know how many piece orchestra. It's huge, and it sounds incredible. Just the overture, all the cassonettes and Italian guitars—you know—that sound is just incredible. Um, I'm just looking it's at. It's very the... thrilling when you hear a full orchestra, isn't it? Yes, it's so that bit is just when it starts up, that's amazing here in the orchestra. And I think that's what these ENO productions, that's what it's for, really. And I kind of feel like that's such a rare opportunity in the West End. Even with your big musicals like um, Phantom of the Opera, which has one of the biggest pits in the West End, it's nothing compared to this in terms of size and sound. And the music's really nice. It's quite gentle. I wouldn't say it's like super sort of bombastic and big big tunes other than the impossible dream but i loved it really interesting melody and danielle denise is so good really yeah have i I don't know if you've ever heard no i've never heard her or seen her danielle denise has done opera she's done musical theater she's done presenting she does things on the bbc she's kind of known for being this eclectic she's a she's a female michael ball yeah, basically, <laughs> she can just, she just does it all in her voice and her performance. Yeah. That's what's kind of surprising for an opera singer, sort of crossover, as it were, is that she can act really well. Um, I think the kind of problems that this has not had good reviews. Let's just say that it's had two star reviews from a lot of the main publications, oh. Oh. and yeah, which is quite. I'm not totally surprised. The story is a bit. I think the problems with the story are firstly that she plays a sort of bar wench prostitute, and so there's lots of and she gets raped, gang raped in it. Ooh. Yeah, so there are kind of issues with that, I think. And obviously having a central character that is a man who is an ideologist, and one of the lines is, facts are the enemy of truth. 
And so to have yeah. a, a famously right-wing actor, Kelsey Grammer, in an age of Donald Trump playing a character who, against the fact, just goes on his own quest, you know, and she, the prostitute character, kind of starts buying into his his ideologies and his dreams and things. That's kind of why she gets raped. She stands up to all these men because he does. And then, so she's sort of collateral to his... Right. His quest. And so I think that's been a paradox for people that's been quite uncomfortable. It's it's hard to get that Donald Trumpy facts are the enemy of truth thing out of your brain now while watching it. You can't just watch it as this ideological, yes, he's the dreamer, he's the... But it's also very hard to watch, you know, women's abuse as entertainment... Yeah, you know, in a lot of operas. I mean, there's a lot. There's there's a whole slew of of um, famous art works yeah. and and not that it's presented and everything that you just sort of think that's yes. not okay. This isn't presented as you know the rape is obviously presented as a terrible thing that happens, but it's still a kind of plot point within the thing, and it does just make you quite uncomfortable. Not that it shouldn't, and theatre should be able to present these things, but it's it's just it has this weird. That it is just a bit problematic. I would say, above all of that, I still loved it because I think the music is really beautiful and I really like a lot of the music and I just love listening to it with the ENO, Danielle Denise singing. Kelsey Grammer's got a really nice voice, good tone. I kind of, he doesn't do the impossible dream like Michael Ball could do it or Alfie <laughs> Bo. No. He doesn't have that range. He has a lovely deep tone, a baritone, but he can't hit the big ending thing and so I think this production with Michael Ball in it might have gone a bit further in terms of crowd pleasing but it is just lovely lovely music to listen to and it's like going back in time to the 60s when you had these size bands more often in a theatre and so it's kind of a museum piece and I think obviously some people critics will go and see it and you don't want to see a museum piece that's a negative connotation but for me that is kind of what I want to see because it's just a classical you know, version of Don Quixote. Yeah. And the chorus are brilliant. And as I mentioned, Ryan Pigeon from Me and My Girl, who we saw playing the lead, is in the ensemble. Oh. Along with lots of other people. And I just wanted to mention the actor who played Sancho Panza was brilliant. And he's called Peter Polycarpo, I think you pronounce it. And we've seen him in, like, so many different things. He's kind of one of those musical theatre actors who's in everything from Guys and Dolls at Chichester. He played Nathan Detroit, I think, in that. Oh, yes. Um, He was... Uh, Buddy and Follies at the Royal Albert Hall concert I saw, City of Angels at the Donmar, the pyjama game, which we saw him in. What did he play in the pyjama game? Do you remember? Um, I oh, think, was well, he Heinzy maybe? Heinzy, I was going to say. I, I think he was Heinzy, from that picture. He was either Heinzy or he was the boss of the, the factory. I can't remember exactly which oh, character that was. Oh, I want to see was. the pyjama game again. He was in Sweeney Todd at Chichester. Like, he's just been in everything and he was brilliant. Um, he's just a musical theatre kind of... yes. Grow and the sort of what he can get out of that character I thought was really interesting and then there was an actor that I thought had the one of the like nicest voices I've ever heard which was Minal Patel um, and he played the priest in it and he just had such a beautiful singing voice just the singing from the whole cast was really really beautiful so if you like the music of Man of La Mancha mm-hmm. I would go and see it but yeah it's not a production without its problems and I don't think I'd be Freely recommending it to people who, yeah, might find problems with it. Talk to me about money, seats. Well, that's the prob- another problem with it, is it just wasn't very full on the night I went, because the seats are, you know, £170 for stalls, central. By caramba. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can go up in the balcony for much... They do have a good range of prices, 20 quid up in the balcony. 
but it's just a shame that they haven't tried to offer a more dynamic pricing for a, to just fill it up because it's such a big yeah, space. Yeah, but if they've got Danielle Denise and Kelsey Grammer, they're going to have to, you know, that's... Yes, they've got a lot of salaries to pay, I guess. Yeah, and a huge orchestra. And a huge orchestra. I know it's it's just a shame that they can't pack it out a bit more, but it's such a, such a huge venue. Lovely mm-hmm. venue, but huge. Um, but there are today's ticks rush, which is £25. Oh, okay. And they're offering stall seats mostly for that, which is really good. But no day seats? Uh, I don't know if you can get day seats in person. As far as I'm aware, it's just the today's ticks. Okay. Leicester Square are doing, I think they've got 40 sent off tickets there okay the Leicester Square tickets booth um so it's yeah it should be very easy to get hold of tickets for and not how a lot long, how long is it on for it runs until June 8th okay so I think anyone who loves musicals loves big orchestral sound it is really worth seeing and I really really enjoyed it so I think musical theatre fans this is one for them okay but it's yeah it's a shame it's not going to be a huge hit unlike Maybe let's move on to what's coming next year at the ENO, announced this week, which is starring Michael Ball. Hairspray! Oh, yeah, I've Hairspray's coming I've back. I've never seen it either. Let's all go and see Hairspray because it's on for 12 weeks, which is quite yeah, it's a, a long big, run. So, yeah, and you, different than their usual musically things that they do like this for a few months. This is going to be their big... They put it in there. I think Michael Ball and Hairspray, that combo is going to be Ball's a huge hit. Yeah, Michael, yeah, Michael Ball plays the mum. Okay, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's going to be on for 12 weeks. So tickets are already on sale. Um, I didn't know I loved Michael Ball until I saw him in Sweeney Todd. So it's, yeah. I think it's it's really lovely. I think, oh, good, I've just I discovered li- him. I'm, I'm also a recent <laughs> member of the Michael Ball fan club. Yes. Chess. Oh, yeah, he was great yeah. in that. Loved it. Yes, yeah. he's... he's I, and I'll be interested to see what the ENO do, what this production does in terms of are they going to have a huge orchestra for 12 so whole weeks or are they going to scale it down? April 2020. Oh, right, so we've got a while. Well, well ahead. But you can book your tickets now. Back of the upper circle is £35. The balcony is £20 and up. So, you know, if you want to book your seats now, it is doable. Um, I think it will be very popular. So... Mm, let's get yeah. those fingers tapping. And I've never seen it other than the film and listened to it, obviously. But I would, so I'd love to see it. I'd love and to on that huge way. stage, I think they'll do some great dance numbers and yeah. I think it'll be really interesting so that's yeah that's next year April 2020 but you can book now so that's it really for this week isn't it yeah that's it thanks for joining us mama thanks well, for thank joining you us. very much like we mentioned we're going to go see Oklahoma at the Chichester Festival Theatre so hopefully at the end of August hopefully yeah. we'll be able to do another one of these little Chichester Festival Theatre family edition podcasts but until then, please follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast, on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it, wherever you get your podcasts, be that iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and leave a rating, leave a review. Five star. Five star, please. <laughs> and until next time, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.